Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Straight talk about current events and issues affecting women in today's society. This is not your run-of-the-mill opinion show. Elizabeth Allen is not afraid to have the tough conversations to help you navigate the complexities and oddities of everyday life. So listen up, because it's about to get real. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line. And we are back with another episode this week. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about the Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lane's debacle, whatever you want to call it, that's going on. My co-host has very strong views on this, so I'm excited for you guys to, you know, jump in the conversation with us social media or on our website we definitely want to engage with you and let us know what your thoughts are if you agree with us if you disagree with us we would love to hear from you and we're also going to discuss her comment about black men not supporting black women and so with that being said let's get started so Megan the Stallion she came out and said that Tory Lanez shot her in both of her feet Initially, when she first came out, she didn't say who shot her. The story was a little murky and people were doubting her and weren't really on her side. And so she made several Instagram live videos. And finally, I think it was like after the third one, that's when she came out and said that it was Tory Lanez who shot her in the foot. And even then, people still had like a lot of questions. So now Tory Lanez has responded to Megan. It's, it's just craziness. What do you think about this whole thing? Well, I think public opinion has shifted so much. I think for the most part, people are standing behind Meg Meg Thee Stallion. However, people now don't even want to be a part of it anymore because it feels like things are being said except what matters. Right. And I've seen people really just say, like, if you're not going to tell us what really happened, we don't even want to know anymore because now we're just, and now we're all just, falling down into the rabbit hole and and there doesn't seem to be a bottle. When this whole story first came out, my first thought was, damn, like that was, I mean, if he really did that to her, that was, that was really cruel. You know what I mean? Like he definitely needs to pay for that. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, why didn't you tell the police what happens? Like, I don't care who you are. If somebody shoots you, friend or not, you're telling. And her, I guess her excuse was he's a black man. She doesn't want to tell the police that they have a gun in the car. She did, she didn't want to get him in trouble. And you and I had a little bit of a conversation about this yesterday. Actually, we had like an you know we talked for an hour about this topic. And why would you want to protect somebody who has done you harm? I don't understand that. What in their right mind would? Right, and and most importantly, I feel like black women we really fall victim to that like we are always trying to protect people and it's like why why are you trying to protect somebody who doesn't need to be protected like if he really did hurt you and actually did shoot you you would say something this doesn't make you a snitch doesn't make you like you're you don't have that type of like rep like she doesn't have like a street she wasn't in a gang she wasn't that type of person so i think anybody in their right mind would have been like hey this person shot me. The police were called. I'm going to tell them what happened. I'm going to tell the doctors what happened and then let the let the law handle it. I mean, call me stupid, but isn't that like a rational thinking? I think she's playing off the current circumstances of, you know, black people being killed in the street. And it's, it's the perfect excuse for why she doesn't want to say anything 
But in reality, I think there's so much more that happened that she didn't want to be questioned just yet. So the whole, oh, I didn't want to say anything to the police because they're shooting black people. It's a perfect excuse to give you time to think about what you can really say to cover your your behind. And that's what I think it, it really could be. And this really brings us to a deeper conversation about the protection of, of black women in America. She she did this SNL performance, had the uh, Tamika Mallory audio in the background. And uh, she basically came out and said black women should be supported. What do you think about that? You, you have a lot of thoughts on this. So I'm going to just let you... Tell, tell our audience what, what your thoughts are on, on, on this, and then I'll, I'll add in my little commentary. Again, I, I, think it's, I think it's a perfect ploy. I think the Protect All Black Women slogan or hashtag is the perfect shield that keeps us from asking questions. Because if we ask questions, it's like, oh, you don't want to protect black women. Oh, you don't, be- you don't believe black women. No, we need to investigate what happened. And you can't use your gender and race as a shield to the truth, you know, and... I agree. Yeah, you know, just her being the face of, of protect black women, she is, like you even said, it's the right message, but the wrong messenger. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Meg Thee Stallion wouldn't be the person we put in front of our daughters. So, you know, if you want to protect black women, you would do it through your music. You would do it through your entertainment. You would do it as a role model. And I'm pretty sure that if we ask people, the whole entire world, is Meg Thee Stallion a role model for young black girls? We will say no. We will say she's a greater danger than anyone else. You know, with some <laughs> of the music and lyrics that she's put out there. We'd be honest about it. Yeah, I mean... If you can't put her song in front of your daughter. You, it means you know. It means you have a sense that what she is putting out into the world is wrong for young black girls. So if you protect black women, as Meg the Stallion is saying, if you want to protect black women, it has to start with you and what you create and, and the songs you and the songs you put out there. You but then I, I gave you a little pushback on this. I was like, well, isn't it technically art? Like, doesn't she have a right to put out her art? I mean, she's not trying to be anyone's role model as far as like I know. So isn't it up to, you know, the masses to, to, to figure out if they want to listen to her music or if they want her to be like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm no, just I'm just no, playing devil's advocate here. She cannot get that past. The moment you say something like protect black women. You have to be the first one in line to say, this is what I need to do to make sure we're protected. And it starts with your music. It starts with the art that you put out. And yes, it's art, but we can have bad art and we can have good art. We all have the right to freedom of speech, but there is bad speech and good speech. And certain things we shouldn't say to people because we know it has consequences. So the same rule has to apply to Meg Thee Stallion. If she's putting out music that she knows Young, would, would affect young black girls negatively. She's essentially saying that, yeah, I can say protect black women, but deep down, I don't care what happens. I don't care about the consequences. And that just makes you a hypocrite. Right. You brought up an interesting point about Taraji P. Henson, about her saying that black women sort of put themselves in this in this hole or in this in this box with the whole like black girl magic thing and just just sort of portraying this, I guess, image that's that's limiting us. And you and I um, had this conversation about how I feel like it's only in the black community where the women are just so adamant about protecting 
bad behavior. Like you really don't see that in other in other cultures. You don't. And, and the funny thing is, is that it puts black men between a rock and a hard place because if we try to lay down the law in a sense that you can't do this, you can't do that, that's not good for you. Words like feminist, misogyny, we hate black women, those, those words will start coming out. If we let black women be independent and strong and something happens, well, then we left them unprotected. So the reality is, if you want to be protected, it means that there has to be rules, right? So are you saying that you can be both? Like you can be independent and also ask for protection? Name a situation where it's going to make sense, where, where it happens that way. Can you go to work late and still say you're a good employee? Can you, you know, flirt with other people and still say you're a good wife or a husband? I mean, these things are in contradiction. So if you want to be protected, if you want to be kept safe, you're going to have to, like, let loose some of that independence. But if you're saying, yo, I'm a strong, independent woman, I can do what I want, say what I want, you got to be prepared for the consequences that come with that. And that you got to understand, black men, we don't call ourselves magic. We can't jump into the fray, you know, every time you're in danger. We're not always going to be around when you make poor choices. So you're going to have to face them alone. And that's just reality. Like we, we can't always be there, you know? Right. And, well, in the case of... Um Going back to, you know, Megan and, and Tori here, he came out and said that, you know, he he wasn't the one who did it. He basically just denied it, but he never actually said who who shot her. He came out with this whole like video was like super long. But in the whole video, I mean, he brought up some good points, but he never actually said what happened. And so he is being charged right now with shooting Megan. And Megan does have a history of domestic violence. And so if you have, I'm not saying like, if you know, whatever happens in your past, I'm not saying like, you know, people change. I I don't know if I don't know, Megan, I don't know if she's changed, but it seems like she, for some reason, seems to be finding herself in these domestic situations. And then later on, try to, you know, say, well, protect black women. And it's like, if you keep putting yourself in these kind of situations where you're, you're, I don't, I want to phrase this in like an appropriate way. But if you, without trying to victim blame, but if you keep putting yourself in, t- in situations that, that causes you to be protected, isn't that on you, though? I mean, like, I, you know, I brought, I brought up a, a great point the other day. I was like, you don't hear this from other black women in Hollywood. Like, you know, like the, you know, the Megan Goods or the Viola Davises or, you know, the, the Zendayas of the, of the Hollywood scene. You don't really see these kind of behaviors from them. And you probably never will because reputable, honorable, honorable black women, they don't even entertain these situations. They're not even in communication. They're maintaining maintaining social distance from these situations that (laughs) cause them harm. And so when you find out a Zendaya or a Sierra was harmed, you are more likely to believe them and want to defend them because you know they worked hard to maintain their reputation. Other characters like Meg Thee Stallion, again, they have a history. Like, I remember watching her in a video talking about getting into a fight with her boyfriend, and apparently... Yeah, she was arrested. Was claiming that, yeah, I think that was the case, but I think the way they the, the police officers wrote it down was that they only saw her hitting him. Right, right. So it's, it's like, you look back at the history, it's like, okay, it's in you have a history of domestic violence. Yeah, we can't call that out. We can't say anything. 
And among reasonable people, you could. You could ask questions and say, hey, it seems you're the one who has this history of violence. Why can't we investigate that? And it doesn't mean that Tory will get off. It means that we're just going to get to the truth and punish who is guilty. And that means looking at everybody who was involved. Okay, so a question for you. Why do you think in these, in the, it seems like in the past five, like five years or so, this whole believe women thing really started taking, like took off. Like we had the Me Too and the Time's Up and, and all of that. Like, and I know how important those movements are, even though there are some, some sort of faultiness to, to the idea of it. But it, it, it came out because of, you know, the, the, all the women being tired of taking advantage of. But then if we go from that to all of a sudden, every woman has to be believed. Women lie as well. Like women lie. I mean, we see it with Amber Heard and the whole Johnny Depp situation where the public literally crucified him. And then come to turn out, she was the abusive one in the relationship, not him. So why do you think that this whole believe women or, you know, black women should be protected thing? Why do you think it has just taken off, at least in the past couple years? I think, again, it's become something that's more emotional and they're playing on men's guilt. Men feel like they have to do something. And the most courageous thing a man can do is somehow defend the woman's honor. Even if it doesn't make sense, it somehow proves he's a man if he's just defending a woman. But this idea that women have not been believed, it, there's, a, there's a flaw to that logic. Because when there's evidence, we believe you. If there's no evidence, there's nothing we can do. We can't move any further. Right. But in certain situations, you know, like if it's only two people, there are no, half, you know, there are some times where there are no evidence or there are no witnesses. So I think that's where the... Exactly. Right. But I think that's where the, the whole idea of the believe women came from. But at the same time, again, I think it is it's flawed because women tend to lie. And, and, and again, here, here's where the problem uh, enters in. A person could believe the situation happens in their favor. Or let me say it correctly. You ever argue with somebody and just believe you're right? Yeah. But then when other people come in who are objective, they give you a different viewpoint and suddenly you see what you did wrong. So again, sometimes when, when two people are interacting, they can probably only see things from their perspective. And this is why we need evidence and witnesses to, to help us be more objective because when you're saying believe all women and we have no evidence, they're saying we should just take you by your word. And what that does is create a society where if you just accuse somebody, well, we're just going to believe you anyway. And right, and sometimes accusation can be, can be very harmful. You know, like even even just the mere accusation can hurt someone's reputation. It's not even just their reputation. It can hurt their career. They lose their endorsement. The accusation, it, it, it can stay with that person for the rest of their life. And, and that's not a society no one should live in. No one should be able to just accuse somebody and just by their word alone destroy another person's life. That is not how any society should work. And this idea that we don't believe women, that, again, that's just not true in the way that society believes. We just we just needed the evidence. We, we want to believe you, but we need the evidence. And a great example is like, you know, like the um, Salem Witch Trials, which um, a lot of women will refer to as, you know, um, a point when a lot of women were killed for being accused of witches. And they'll say how women were oppressed. And a lot of feminists will refer back to that moment, but then they'll forget that the whole thing started because a bunch of young girls claimed to have seen the devil and people believed them. 
Now, if this happened in 2020, no one would take them seriously. But right. back then, it was taken seriously. People believed those young girls. And that's how the whole thing started. So there, there, of course, has to be a balance. And again, the pendulum always swings back. At some point, the idea of protect black, black women or believe all women, at some point, it snaps. And people will see the fallacy in that, in that logic. They'll see the fallacy in that hashtag. And people realize, no, it doesn't work. It actually makes, it actually makes things worse. To me, the hashtag protect black women, it will be like taking from the tree of knowledge. Like, it looks desirable. It seems like a good idea in theory. But what it's really going to bring is death. It's really going to bring harm. Because at some point, Black men won't be able to distinguish the bad black women from the good black women they're protecting because they're always going to be jumping into harm's way to defend the wrong woman. And again, one of the issues we have in the black community is that we stereotype. The black women stereotype the men, the men stereotype the women, and it's because we don't really give a criteria for who's good and who's bad. And so we have to now really separate the two. And I think it's going to take a brave black woman to say, hey, hashtag protect good black women so that we can start identifying them so that black women will start living up to that standard. And we'll just, we're just, we're, we as men are just able to just identify them and say, I feel good about laying down my life for you. But don't I you think, good. but don't you think that for someone to come out and say that they're going to get a lot of backlash when you, when you say, well, protect good you hope they do i hope they do because think about it who would have an issue with this think about the kind of person that's going to argue that let's protect the good one you know this is like if, you, if, if somebody started the hashtag marry good black men think about the kind of people that, that are going to get upset the bad people the wrong people the people that don't want a unity a union between good black men and good black women because they'll eventually leave the pack the people who are going to be upset if you say protect good black women, um, marry good black men, these are the people that want confusion within our community. So I hope somebody says this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff, so that we can identify who our enemy really is. This is like me if I say something like, you know, hashtag natural hair. Well, like the only people who would get mad are the people who want our sisters wearing weeds and looking like another race of women. Why would I mean, you want that if you're on our side? Who was the person that got the black, the backlash about... Um, uh, it was uh, Meek Mills, remember? Did he get backlash yeah. about when he said something about women wearing weaves and he, he wants more black women to start wearing their real hair? And he had such a... I mean, they came for him. I'm sure they did, but the, again, it just points out who's really getting upset because... Yeah, I, w- I would love to know who got upset at him specifically. Um, like, what was the group or what was the individual that just really got upset at the idea of our women wearing their natural hair? I mean, I, I, I don't know anyone specific, but I know that um, a lot of women weren't happy right, right. now. Right now, I can't remember, think of, like, one specific person. Right. But remember, whenever the issue of weave comes up, they'll say it's because black men want us wearing it. They like women with with weave, but then here comes a black man saying he doesn't. So when when we say these certain hashtags, it starts to destroy certain stereotypes. And again, it just points out who's really standing against us. It really points out the snakes in our grass. So that's why, to me, I'm like, yes, let's say these things. Let's find out who wants to keep the confusion in our our community. But, um, you know, like, 
this whole protect black women thing, like I said, I've given my points on how we will cause more harm than good until we start to really redefine it. Mm-hmm. But until we define it, you know, it's a distraction. It's a method of ultimately controlling and distracting black men from their greater purpose, which is to protect their community, not their women. And I oh. say that because... Yeah, please explain yourself. When you have... So here's the thing. You want a man that's going to protect his community first, not his woman. I say that because when you have a safe community, guess who's also safe? The women and the children. And once you have an area that's a safe haven, you, of course, get to create rules. And one of the rules you get to tell them is, you know, if you step outside our community... We can't really protect you. It's like that scene in Lion King where Mufasa tells Simba, if you go over there, I ain't really got any power. So you got to stay within these borders. So, again, even from the Bible to comic books, this is a, a, a theme of, of every hero. For example, if you look at the Bible, Samson was sent down to protect his community, but he kept being distracted by women. And when 3,000 Philistine soldiers couldn't kill Samson, who did they send in? They sent in Delilah. And, and, and Samson fell in love with Delilah. And this is very important. Samson fell in love with her. She didn't fall in love with him. Right. She manipulated him to find out the, the secret to his strength. And as a result, his eyes were gouged out. And again, the, Samson, you were was sent down to protect this community, not to deal with women. And even in comic books, it's the same thing. Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, they don't put on their capes for a woman. They put on their masks to protect their city. But notice that even in comic books, just like in the Bible with the story of Samson, when the villain wants to destroy the world, what do they do? They kidnap the hero's girl. They position the hero's girl against the hero. Right, we even saw it in the original Spider-Man. So, movie, are you right? trying to say that women are men's weakness? It, 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 it wouldn't be the hardest thing to believe. And one of the ways—I mean, I agree with you. Weakness, I mean, the what was it? The the War of Troy happened over a woman. So, there are plenty of wars right. that have that have happened over women. So, I I can totally believe it. Yeah. So it's like people act like it has to be a complicated, convoluted, layered thing to control the people. It really doesn't. Just turn the women against the men. Turn that community against itself. Turn it inside out. And one of the ways that they will control black men is to have turn black women against us. Say that we're not protecting them. But if you wanted us to protect our women, right, you would address the fact that we're the number one group in jail. Black men, and I say that, and I say that for black men. Black men are the number one group to not go to school, to be unemployed, to not have a degree. But if we were to address those things, unemployment, prison, education, then we could have a safe community and then our women would be safe. But that, that never comes up. It's always just protect the women, but you're not telling us how. Imagine if you told me to be the hero, but you're not telling me how. You're not telling me how to train. Like every superhero movie, they, they will show you how the hero trains first before he goes to fight crime. That's true. I mean, you, you brought up some controversial points, but there were also some good points in there as well. But I, I honestly do stand by that. Like, you know, a man's first responsibility should be to his community. Uh, when he does get married, it shifts towards his family. But like I said, a safe community just means everyone is safe. That's true. I, I do think it's important. I do think that black men do need to protect their community more. That I agree with. I think that, I mean, you see gangs and drugs and a, lo- a lot of those things are happening 
are are done by by black men. I'm not saying that women don't do it either, but majority of it are black men. And I do think that they need to protect their community. They need to be better role models for for their community. But I think again, and, and you know, this is not even about pointing blame to anyone. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm not pointing blame. I'm just saying that you know we need to step up. Like if we're asking for change, we need to be the one to. We gotta. We gotta start with ourselves. You can't ask for you know all of this when your own house ain't right first. And I think that's the problem with with the community, with the culture. We want all this change, but we're not willing to start in our own backyards. Uh, but and I want to clarify what I meant by pointing blame because I do believe that a lot of the the danger, of course, in the black community will come in the form of a black man. But then we also have to acknowledge who's raising most of these black children. You know, and again, black we're women. the number one group with single mothers. And I believe what's really happening in the home is that you have these mothers trying to rear these boys to make women their number one concern. Because some of these women, you know, being a single mom, they're, they're so broken by whatever happened in their past. They're broken that the man left them. And whatever son they have, they're choosing, choosing, you need to put women number one. Women have to be first. And I'm like, that's the wrong way of teaching him. If he puts a woman first, but most of the women are broken, guess what happens? This is where they start to stereotype black women. Because at some point, the women that they've been told to protect, they realize these women are flawed, broken, and dysfunctional. Right. And that just creates the same cycle of issues. But if you teach him to put his community first, right? If his community is safe, then these women have a chance to heal. This is why, for example, like, for some reason, we could jump on this bandwagon of, you know, black men protect black women. But then we'll teach the young black girls, oh, don't depend on a man. Don't need a man. Wait a minute. So we're, we're going to tell the boys to make sure that the women are their number one concern, but the women don't have to be concerned about the men. What kind of relationship does that work in where one person gives more and the other person gives less? How does that relationship typically turn out? I, th- I mean, look, I think the idea of this I mean, I've I've heard that I've heard it. My mom kind of instilled it in in my sister and I have your own thing. Never depend on a man. And I think that I don't think she meant that as like a bad thing. She just kind of meant it like you can you don't depend on anybody but yourself because people let you down. And it's true, especially men. It's just a fact that men aren't reliable. And you have to you have to be able to take care of yourself. So I think that's where that that comes from. Have your own money. Like you hear it. Even if you're married, make sure you have a side bank account where, you know, you're you you have you have your own thing where God forbid shit hits the fan. And so you won't be left out in the cold. I mean, I literally had a friend who was with this guy. They had a, a daughter. They were literally together for 10 years. And one day he literally just decided that he'd had enough of her and he threw her and the kid out on the street in the cold. And she had nothing to her name. They were together 10 years. And she, I mean, she doted on him. He was her, her king, this and that. She was submissive. Like she did everything that she was supposed to do. And he literally kicked her out in the cold. That's, that's so terrible. Very terrible. But then you had, then you have Dr. Dre's ex-wife trying to get $2 million a month from this man. When she didn't get that, it, it appears that she stole $400,000 from him. Look, that's and a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. So the point I'm trying to make is that you got some messed up people that come in any 
race form agenda, you know. But at the end of the day, if we want a sort of better community, again, we can't be teaching the boys that they got to be able to be the selfless, willing to to jump at a woman's need at every every no, I, turn. I, I don't think so. I mean, just shun the men. No, I, okay. Speaking speaking as a as a mom of a boy, I do you know I do tell him to be chivalrous. I do tell him to never hit a woman. I don't care what she does to you. You walk away because at the end of the day, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where she's she's going to accuse you of something. And it's just not you. Like you know like that's not the that's not the man that I'm raising. So if you start to see that it's starting to get heated, take a walk. Take just take a walk and come back when everything is died down and is cool, but never ever put yourself in a situation where there's going to be any kind of violence. Just don't do it. A great rule. And second, a great rule. Absolutely. And that is exactly what I'm telling him. You never put yourself in a situation where you have to raise your hand and do something that you're going to regret or do something that's going to cost you your whole life. You don't want to do that. So if you see that she's starting to go crazy, you say, you know what? I'm out. And just go. If you got to sit in the car, if you got to drive, if you got to go to your mama's, whatever. Just get up and go. I'm trying to tell him to, of course, have respect for women, but also have respect for himself. It's all about respect for himself, because if he has respect for himself, he will have respect for his community. He will have respect for his, you know, future wife or or whatever girl he decides to date. I would take it a step further. I would not just tell these young boys to walk away. I would say walk away and don't come back because if you're the one who's constantly walking away and you're the one well, don't put. Back, I mean, of course, the relationship. Don't be with the crazy woman. Right? Like if she's constantly, if you right? guys are constantly in a situation where it auto, like it automatically results to violence, then you don't need to be with that person. Absolutely. Well, it's not even just violence. It's not, it's not even just violence because it's, it's to me that if every time it's about to get crazy, I, as the man, have to walk away and come back. It lets her know that she's in charge. Look, I don't right? care. She's it it doesn't matter of being in charge or whatever. I just don't want but him. that's not what I'm getting to. Okay, finish your point. I'm not talking about hitting anyone. What I'm saying is that we need to teach men to walk away and not come back because there has to be a consequence to when women do act crazy or when they're being difficult. If you're saying we can't hit you, which is a great rule, we can't hit you, but there has to be a legitimate consequence to your bad behavior. It can't be just that behaving poorly and there was just no consequence. I just walked away and came back an hour later like there was nothing. There has to be a consequence and it means walking away and not coming back. And that's what we need to teach the men. The men need to know they should, they can be able to just walk away and not come back and that women will now know there's a consequence of their poor behavior and now they have to change. But we can't just teach men, well, don't hit them, just walk away, come back and, you know, maybe it'll still work itself out. That's not teaching a woman to, 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 to do better. You're saying she can continue acting this way. Well, no, she can't continue acting this way because I would never advise my kid to be with someone who's acting crazy. Simple as that. But that's the thing. We don't we don't actually sit down and really say that. We'll always say, don't hit a girl, walk away, come back. But we don't actually say, listen, but you know what? If she's too crazy, even if you don't hit her, you know, and get physical. 
but she's still being difficult every single time. There's always an argument. There's always this. She always has to have her way. She won't let you speak. You need to walk away and don't come back. I, let her know there's a consequence. I, I would say that. To get to. I would say that to my kid. If I see that uh, his his girlfriend is constantly being rowdy and every time it's, it leads to an argument, she's always, you know, going from zero to 100. I'd be like, look, that's not the girl for you. You need to leave. You need to go find, yeah. and, and that is a legitimate point. You need to leave because you can't. You, it's it's going to be for your peace of mind and your safety. And I'm saying that for men, because we can teach men not not to hit, but we need to also teach them to walk away, don't come back, and they have to walk away from that relationship before you know there's a pregnancy, before there's something that like you need to walk away with a clean slate. And, and I feel that's what's going to bring better relationships because it gives the woman a consequence that doesn't involve any sort of violence. She'll have to really think about the kind of person she is and what she's bringing to the relationship and how she needs to change. And the teacher demand that, you know what, you don't deserve this. You can walk away. You can get better. You know, that's what, that's what we need to do. But the thing is, I think most women, they're afraid to actually teach their sons this. They're afraid because one day, their sons will walk away from them. And their difficulty. And that's why I feel like both women, they don't really want to have that conversation about how to deal with uh, a woman. Well, I want to make sure that he's prepared for life, you know, like a well-rounded education, as one would say. And women, exactly. women are a big part of it. I have to make him be prepared. So, because yeah. at the end of the day, a good man, regardless of race, he wants to be around a good woman. Right. First and foremost, it's more important for a woman to be good than for her to be black to me. Like, I want to know that you're a good woman before I know it. You tell me you're a black woman with race or whatever. And that, and from there, we could get along. But if, it, if you're being difficult, it's hard for me to want to protect you. It's hard for me to want to deal with you. That, those feelings or that need to want to be a hero, it starts to, to diminish and when we have rules like protect black women, it's saying no matter how you behave, no matter how difficult you've been, I still have to, to, to lay down my life for you with the same level of encouragement. And that, will, that realistically, that just doesn't make sense. That You only see that on, on soap operas where the couple fights, yet the guy still jumps in front of 10 bullets for her, and in the next episode, he heals up their back together. But in real life, when certain things we say to each other, it kills a relationship. And there's no coming back from it. Dottori has been charged by the uh, Los Angeles DA's office. So he's going to have to face that in, in court, which... I think that is the best place. Like, I think I think both of them are trying to appeal to the court of public opinion, which is a terrible idea, just because, like, one of them is lying. Like, there's no way, you, you know, she says he shot her. He says he didn't do it. One of them is lying. So I think that we should just wait and see what happens in court. He, he seems to have, you know, a good a good legal team that can, you know, help him out and, and figure out the whole situation. But at the same time, I do feel like Megan needs to she needs to she needs to figure figure herself out and stop hanging around people that are not good for her. And that's really hard and difficult when you don't have any kind of parental guidance and parental figures in your life and you're looking mm -hmm. and you're looking for it in other places like it's hard so i can sort of relate to her in that way because you know her mom's gone her dad's gone um i i believe she's an only child so it, she's truly alone 
And so she doesn't really make the best of decisions. And I, I think people people sort of use that a little bit against her and also her past. I do believe her th that something happened. I just don't know to the extent that she's saying it. Does that make sense? What do you mean? Something happened in her past? No, no, like her? in that car. Like, I do believe that, you know, obviously, like we can, we see the pictures of her of her leg, right? Mm -hmm. So I do believe that there was some kind, you know, something did happen to her leg, but I don't know if, you know, she was actually shot just because the wound right, didn't right. look like gunshot wounds to me. You know what gunshot wounds look like? I mean, I haven't seen one up close, but <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not like an expert. But from what I've seen and like, you know, pictures and stuff, it just didn't it, it doesn't look like a hole went through it. Like a bullet has a hole in it. Right. So I don't know. Maybe so the, like it, I think one of the things we mentioned was how like, you know, how do you get shot in the foot with no broken bones when there's the foot is pretty much 90 percent like bone. Like, right. They like if you got shot in the foot, you wouldn't be able to twerk the next day which is pretty much what we've seen recently <laughs> she had the video on instagram of her twerking and her knees her ankles they look like they're at a hundred percent right and i'm like if you get shot in the foot you wouldn't be able to stand up to yeah heal. you wouldn't be able to walk it's a while to heal i mean there's tendons and ligaments in there those stuff don't heal overnight it takes months like it a broken ankle takes months to heal. Right, let alone a know? gunshot one. And at the very least, she'd be in some sort of cast or something. Like, when I saw the video, she was wearing flip-flops. Right. I'm like, something about this, this, this doesn't make sense. And I'm not putting faith in either party. So no, I'm not either. Or, I'm not saying he's innocent either. Time. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think that we should get personally invested as the, as the black community should not get personally invested in their situation because we're going to be disappointed and hurt either way. We're going to be more divided because of, because of it. And the thing is, if we're going to be divided, let me be divided off of the truth, not off of people and the games they were playing. Not, I don't want to be divided off of somebody else's dysfunction. Mm. Whatever happened that night, now I'm kind of looking at it as that was between you guys. And I'm going to let the courts handle it, but I'm not going to let it divide me from the good black women or let the, or let it divide from the good black men. We don't need all that. Keep your dysfunction to itself. Right. Do you think this might be a publicity stunt? I've thought about that. Like, the more time passes, the more that they say, and, you know, like, they're dropping albums. Tori, Tori, Tori was, like, dropping the album. Uh, Meg the Stalin guy signed with the Revlon. I'm like, okay, it seems like you guys are walking out of this with with more right. as of now. Like the spotlight is on you. Your 15 minutes just got it became 20. So it wouldn't shock me if it was. You know, this is kind. This is what irks me is like when people reward bad behavior. It's like. I don't understand it. Like, she, she's not innocent in, in this either. Like, I'm not going to... I mean, they're both not innocent in this. But my thing is that they're just... This is even more of an of the issue that we're going through in the black community. It needs to start from us. Like, no one's going to fix what what's going on with us unless we do it because it's a state of mind. This is just not... Like, this is just complete nonsense to me, you know? And it's like... I think I asked you uh, the other day, I was like, where do we even begin to to change our mindset as a community, like as a culture? Where do we even start? I mean, like I told you last time, it, it has to start with the men. 
the men, you know, in every community, they lead the pack. But you know, it seems like in the black community, the women are the one that are that, that are leading the pack. And you rarely and ever see that in any that. other any other community. And there's truth to that because, like I said, like it's like the moment a black man tries to take the lead, he's called toxic. When men from other cultures take the lead, they're embraced as leaders. It's crazy to me that we have a president who said, grab him by the P-U-S-S-Y, who was accused of, I believe, spousal rape. Right. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, non-consensual, non-consensual, you know, non-consensual intimacy with his wife. And right, the first wife. He a of accusations from women, yet still he became president. And it's, it's just crazy to me that they will still know who they want as their leader, despite their reputation. Yet, again, when black men are, you know, really decide to take the lead, it's like they're being ostracized, they're being judged. Like, look at Ice Cube just for trying to start his contract in black America. Yes. People are just, like, throwing jabs at him. And I'm yes. like, this is what happens when we try to take the lead. But I'm like, you know what? That's what we got to do. Most what do you think lead, about that situation? What, like, I, I know we're, we're not, yeah. we just kind of jump into topics here. But um, what do you think about that? Because when I heard that, I was like, I didn't really see what, what was wrong with it. Because honestly, it, I don't know why the, the Democrats have sort of become the, the party of, of black people. I don't know where that whole shift came from or why that is. I'm sure there's like a history of it, but I just don't know why. But they haven't really yeah. done it. Like both parties haven't done anything for black people. And you know the the where it started with the Democrats was when um when Martin Luther King was arrested. I think Kennedy like bailed him out, and ever since then we've been for Democrats. Got it. Okay. And we've just been you know loyal to a party just because we've been told to. It's like you know kind of like the no snitch rule. Mm-hmm. It's just something we just have to do. It doesn't even have to make sense. We just got to do it. And the thing is, why the reason why they're really mad at Ice Cube is because other black men will follow his lead. And like I said, once a once a group of men start to forge their own path, their women naturally follow. Right. If, if the women will follow, let, let the men forge a path, and the women will say, "Well, it looks pretty good. I like where I like where they're going with this. Let's follow." And the one thing they don't want is black men who think for themselves. They want black men who have a herd mentality. If you're Democrat, just sign yourself up. Don't ask any questions. Just do it. Even Joe Biden knew that. He said himself, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. You're not black. Right. I really despise that comment. That was just a, yeah, that comment was way, it was, it was a lot. So what happens is that when you have people like Ice Cube saying, I'm going to talk to the people in power. I'm going to talk to the people that's going to give us the best for our vote. You know, this starts to show that we're thinking for ourselves. We'll switch to whatever party that's going to benefit us the most economically, absolutely, and socially. So Ice Cube is going to be changing the game with that moment. Even if he loses, people are still taking note. Like, this is what we need to start doing. Right. Working with the, with the party that's going to benefit us the most. And we've never really done that in our history. No, we have not. And, you know, that's how I've always voted. You know what I mean? Like, I've always said it like I don't I wouldn't vote for a Republican in a heartbeat if I like their policy and I think that what they're what they stand for are some of my values and my beliefs. Absolutely, I would. But I just haven't seen one 
in the past couple years, I was eligible to vote during Obama's reign. So I guess I'm I, I'm a newly voter. But anyway, I digress. But during that time, I haven't seen a Republican that I can say really speaks to the values that I that I believe in. And I'm sure as hell I'm not going to, you know, I don't have any any sort of core values with Trump. Zero. Like he's not a Christian. Right. He doesn't believe it. Like he I mean, the, the guy assaults women like so. Absolutely not. But if I do believe that a party or a candidate has my best interest is saying things about education uh, and health care and, and, you know, taxes that that that's going to benefit me, then I don't care what party they're from. I'm going to absolutely vote for them. And I think that's what we should be doing, because this blind loyalty with us has not has not gotten us anywhere. And that's what it is. It's blind loyalty. It's it's us waiting for somebody else to come save the day. And it's the worst form of thinking. You know, you you should vote your interest. And what it should be is that black people have a set of rules about the basic, you know, criteria for comfortable living. You know, like I said, the economics, politics, and the social areas, those are the things we need to make sure that we're living comfortably. And we, we decide as a group, okay, the, the party that's going to elevate that for us, that's the party we're going with. And that's it. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. And that's why I really do appreciate what Cube is doing. He's, he's telling us we got to start thinking for ourselves what's best for us. And, you know, I don't want to stay on the, the topic too long, but Ice Cube specifically said, without mincing words, he said, I'm here for black people, not people of color, not LGBTQ, not women. I'm here for, for black people. And he didn't say it in a way to disrespect the other groups, but it was to acknowledge that black people have different needs yep. from everyone else. Right. So uh, right now, we need to focus on the needs of black people. We're going through a different struggle. We, we understand other groups of people are struggling, but we need to focus on our struggle first, you know. And I, I, I really do appreciate that he was, he actually said it outright. And again, everyone else, other groups, we know you're going through something, but I'm just saying I appreciate what Ice Cube, the step that Ice Cube yeah, I'm not mad at it either. I'm. I don't know what the outcry was like, and that's. I don't know what the outcry was all about. I don't get it. I don't know why people came for him. I mean, I, I really don't. He went to go see the person in charge. He thought things could get done. I don't care who does it as long as it gets done. And that's the problem that I feel like we have in the black community. Like we, a lot of it is. I don't know if we've just been conditioned in our thinking, and we we just need to just stop with our you know one way of thinking. Right. Like we have to expand and we have to step outside our box and experience new things. And, and I don't know. I really don't know why we why it's it's taking us so long Like we want all of this. You know, we have all of these needs, but yet we're the, we're the ones holding us back. And I think yeah. that I think that if black people start realizing the amount of power that they have and the amount of change that they can that they that they can wield, I think we will be we will be a, a lot further. I really do. I just think we need to start appreciating ourselves and appreciating our worth. It is just taking too long because we're afraid of the backlash. And again, I just think what Ice Cube, he's just not afraid of the backlash anymore. He's like, the the situation that black people are in is worse than any backlash he's going to face. Yeah. So he, to me, represents a great moment 
that they don't want us to have. They don't want us to recognize. But he represents a great moment. It's a shift in how black people are going to think politically from now on. That we don't have to, like, always, like you said, show blind loyalty to the Democratic Party for something that happened decades ago. You know, like, okay, it was nice that they got Martin Luther King out, but that was decades ago. What are you doing for us today? Yeah, I mean, it you wasn't know? it the Dems that proposed the 91 crime bill? It wasn't the Republicans. Right, you know, that was, right. so, you know, we got to be able to, like, there's no need for any loyalty to anybody that we got to be. We, we can't be afraid to put ourselves first, our needs first. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything else to, to add before we go on, you know, the Mag- the Megan issue and the Tory Lanes? I just think I'm going to say my final thought on the on the topic um, before we, we sign off. I think Megan needs to do she needs to sit down and do some soul searching and just figure out. I don't know if it's her team or whoever is advising her, but she needs to pick better friends. She needs to value herself. This whole protect women before you can be protected, you have to like your your own attitude has to change. Like you can't make a man do anything and you can't put that you can't put that statement out when you're not right yourself. And I'm not victim blaming. I'm not trying to shame her. I'm not trying to do that. But men aren't going to protect women that don't act right or that aren't functional. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. They're not going to protect this functional women. And so if you're going to make that statement, then you've got to be right yourself. Yeah. You know, like we want to know that when we're protecting you, there's no there's no question about your honor. You know, that's where the phrase defend the woman's honor comes from. It's like we want to know that when we're protecting you, you're an honorable woman and somebody came to you and tried to dishonor you. You know, that's the, that's the situation that we want to jump in on. But if you are the dishonorable element in that situation, it makes it, it makes it harder for us to defend your honor. So when you say protect black women, overall, it is a statement that will do more harm than good because it's going to be the most dysfunctional black women who will always need protecting. And like I was telling you last time, there's two problems to that because the honorable, honorable black women, they're not, they're not going to want to be honorable anymore if they know they're going to get the same protection as the bad black women. And then when black men go out to protect black women because they've been shamed into doing so, they're going to start stereotyping all black women as being the same because they realize they keep jumping into harm's way to defend the wrong woman. So it's a hashtag that's going to have a lot more consequences. I mean, if, if, if black women want protection, they got to say, you know what, yes, protect the honorable ones, protect the good ones, and, and the ones that aren't so honorable will we'll play it by ear. But it shouldn't be that a man loses his life because of a woman's poor choice. That is a dangerous uh, game to play. And I think that's that's all I have to say on that. Well said. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Please join the discussion on our social media at the Foreign Lady Podcast. You can also check out our website, www.foreignladymedia.com. You can hear all of our past episodes, new episodes, check out our store and all around good stuff on the website. So just check it out. And uh, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady with Elizabeth Allen. 
If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.